listen, I expect precision. I'm a sucker for it. I'm a stickler for it. I insist on it. I insist on it from my thermostat, from my camera, from the drone that I bought my kids that I don't have and I would never buy them a drone. So why would I settle for less when I cook? Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, damn it. Jules sous vide. It uses precise temperature control. And our trademark visual doneness guide will help me cook my food exactly to the temperature that I want it. Yeah. Uh, A medium rare steak, done. A, uh, a a pork tenderloin cooked so that it's safe but also not dry and gross, it can do it. Uh, chicken, good chicken, yeah. medium rare chicken, you can do it. Don't, but you could do it. Jewel, perfect food every time. To get yours, visit chefsteps.com slash jewel. Use the como the como code, <laughs> homo code. Use the code homophilia to get 15 bucks off for a limited time. That is chefsteps.com. Com slash J-O-U-L-E, code homophilia. Hey, guys. It's Matt. Um, it sounds like you have something you want to ask I, yeah, it's This is hard to You're say, kind of but sheepish in your voice. Here's the thing. Here at Earwolf, you know that we're working hard to bring you the best comedy podcasts, and now we want to know how are we doing. Go to takemysurvey.net. That is takemysurvey.net. And tell us. It's a short survey. It's just a few questions about Earwolf. And then once you've taken the survey, once you've taken the survey, you can enter to win a $100 Amazon gift card. But more importantly, you'd be helping us out. And guys, this is a new survey. It's just about Earwolf. So even if you've taken one of our other surveys, take this one. Don't worry that they're going to scrub your information and sell it to Russia. One more time. It's takemysurvey.net. Happy birthday, Dave Oh, Holmes. thank you, Matt. Thank Guys, you so much. We, uh, your birthday was last week. It was. Uh, how did you celebrate? Well, I was traveling. I was in New York. Yeah. Um, it was uh, not to brag, but I was I was uh, guest hosting Page Six TV for the week Ooh, in maybe. New York City. I saw some very exciting Instagram stories about this. It was fun. Yeah, you know, it was uh, it was it was great. It's a really fun show, and Bevy Smith is everything you wanted to be. Fun, which is just, I mean. Who could ask for more? Uh, so I was there, and that happened to be like they do a show on Monday, two on Tuesday, two on Thursday. So Wednesday was kind of my day off. Uh-huh. Um, so I just I biked around the West Village. I bumped into Andy Cohen and Waka the dog. What? I just did you, you chat? You, yeah, I mean we just literally just ran into each other on like Jane Street. It, it's you know wow. the West Village truly is a world unto itself. Like I get a city bike, I go to Three Lives Books, I buy a book, I mm-hmm. then go sit alone at the bar at Mary's Fish Camp, and I read and I eat a lobster roll. Oh, and uh, so I got to do all of those things. It was very low key. It was right. a very low key birthday. Now, but now I'm back, and we're gonna have to do you know some serious you know noise making oh, and, uh, and wine drinking. And so we'll, we'll get way, on that. Yes, I got you a fucking birthday present for the last time. I don't, I don't have it with me yet. It's a little late. Okay. I apologize. Okay, but just get okay. off my back. About all right, it, all right. All right. Fine. Saying. Fine. It's, it's coming. And to uh, me, it sounds like you don't have a present. But that's, I swear to God, that's I fine. Do. And I really was hoping I would have it by today. But mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. Um, I think it will be enjoyable for you. Oh well, thank good. Thank you in advance. How did you celebrate? birthday um you know i think i was probably hanging out with Faye, my dog uh-huh. who's sleeping under the table right now in diapers in diapers that's the stage that we're at is that she's just fully in diapers well, and by the way they're cute diapers we they get are. different colors 
But they're fun. She seems proud of them. She seems very comfortable in them. It's little. It, it, the look is really like she's um, wearing a bikini and she's just taking the top off. Yeah, and, she's uh, she's in Nice, and she. It's just a, it's a lot of diaper changing and uh-huh. a lot of literally wiping. Yeah, like we're I would I would make a joke about how Michael and I have never been this involved in like lady parts before, but that would be crass and hacky, and I won't make that joke. But um, but but it's out there. But that's the truth of yeah. our lives. Mm-hmm. A lot of grooming wipes and a lot of uh, laundry while washing these reusable diapers. Okay, that's so devotion. That's what baby. I did. That is devotion. <laughs> um. By the way, uh, mazel to our friend uh, Trixie Mattel, winner yeah. of Drag Race. How about that? We haven't talked since then. No, we haven't. But I mean, she knew at the time, or I guess she knew at the yeah, time. Yeah, because they had all. Yeah, they film all that way in advance. But I think they actually. I think they film it with both potential oh, you're winners. Right, they do a fake out. Yeah, which is unsatisfying. By the way, so they don't literally they do don't that. know until it airs what the real. I think they might not know until it airs. Yeah, I have heard that. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Just do the fucking thing live. I don't understand why. Does RuPaul just not want to do live television? I th- I guess they're just that afraid. Does Michelle Visage, Cindy Brady on live TV? Who knows? I don't know. I just don't know. Uh, but yeah, congratulations, Trixie. Congratulations, Trixie. Um, Were you happy about her win? You, you know what? I'm honest. three episodes behind, and I just <gasps> never caught up. And I kind of, I a little bit checked out on All Stars. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, this is so it, surprising. It was not after. I mean, it was just one of those where like I forgot to watch, and then the next week I didn't watch, and then it was sort of avoid, avoiding spoilers. And then I was like, well, why? I don't. There's a reason why I haven't rushed home to see it. Like, I, it a little bit. It was a little unsatisfying for me this season. It was a little too Survivor. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, I don't know. you know how it you know, that when it ended, they did this this uh, I don't really. surprise thing where the old queens came back again, uh-huh. and they got to vote on who the top two were would be, I and see. then Rue ultimately picks the top two from from their lip sync. Uh-huh. So that was the big gag. That was the, so. There's all of these old queens coming back and getting to um, you know face off with the queens that I voted see. them off and everything. Here's the thing that was really – I mean, first of all, I think everyone thought that Shangela was going to win. Sure. Yeah. The real seemed- surprise that you learn if you dig into the the you know, the, the online content, yeah. the bonus content, is that they show you who all the voted off queens voted for and Shangela only got one vote. From whom? I can't remember. No. Only one vote. Wow. So everybody was stunned. RuPaul was clearly stunned. Uh-huh. My thing is, is it because she made too many Game of Thrones jokes? It could be. It could be. Yeah. I mean, there might have been just a little too much game. Maybe one too many. Yeah. A little too much politics. Although, whatever. She was. She was fantastic. Don't cry for any of those women. No. Those. They're all doing just fine. Yeah. They're fine. They're fine. In the meantime, Love Simon. Love Simon is out into the world. Have you seen it yet? I haven't seen it. Matt but I've already, I've already, I've already been fed the gay narrative. Where before it came out, we were skeptical. Now that it's out, we're fully on board. Okay. I've already, the, the gay Twitter machine has already informed my view of the I movie. See. I see. As has your, uh, yeah. your thread that you wrote, which yeah. was great. Oh, thank Very you. Very captivating read. Thank you. And I do love a good Twitter thread. You had a complicated reaction, but still a pretty like profound. One. I, I really, you know, I mean, it is, it's weird because, and I'm not, I'm not spoiling anything here. It is, and I don't want to 
alienate any potential future guests. Uh-huh. But it is uh, it is directed with absolutely no flair at all. Like uh-huh. there is no discernible style to it at all. It is it is very much. It feels like an episode of a television show, uh-huh. like a Canadian television show. It is um, it is clunky. Almost all the way through, um, the adult character, the the uh, the the teachers, and the and the vice principal played by Tony Hale are are just flying from a completely different movie every time they're on screen. <laughs> Everything about it is clunky, but it, it was so profound sitting next to my eighty five year old mother, and and watching her watch it, mm-hmm. it, it. I mean, it really worked magic on her. You know, she really had a. a a, an emotional reaction to this thing that is so completely bland. Yeah, and, I mean it's a, it's a very sweet movie. I'm glad it's there. There were moments of it that, that were really thrilling and all that. But like, but there are also they are more than outweighed by the clunky moments. Still yeah. see it. Still see it. Were there still tears from you? Um, no, 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 not really. Um, but I, but I, you know, I loved it. I'm glad it's there. Um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a complicated thing. But had I, if I had not been sitting next to my mother and hearing her, hearing her hyperventilate with oh, sobs, oh, it was that level. Oh, she. I'm not fucking around. Like she was. She got very emotional mm. through the whole thing. And but that means it means so much that it you does. Have that. But there are so many like, frankly, probably better gay movies that you could have seen that your mom would have never connected with. No. No, she would have checked right out. Yeah, it, it, that's the thing is that it's kind of it, it glosses over heavy themes, which which is kind of important for some people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For for young, I think for very young, it will be very inspiring, and also for very old and still sort of still figuring it out after yeah, yeah, twenty five yeah. years of knowing they have a gay child. <laughs> uh, it's 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 good that it's out in the world. And what was the conversation you had with her afterwards? Uh, she she just was you know. <sighs> She just was basically like, "Was I terrible when you when you came out?" And uh, which I don't even think I don't even know if she can say the word the words "come out." She was like, "You know, when you told me, was I horrible?" And uh. yeah, I mean, it did not go great. It didn't go great, and it didn't. It wasn't great for a long, long time. Yeah. and it's still a little weird. But but it's you know we were able to kind of openly talk about it because this silly bland you know, uh, uh, second rate version uh-huh. of, a, of an episode of, of <laughs> you know, Jack and Bobby or whatever uh-huh. brought things up that, that, I, that I would not be able to. So, I, so it's, it's a good thing. So you were Go able it, to say friends. this to your mom in the moment and say, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, you- wasn't, it wasn't great, but you, I know that you were trying your best, wow. you know? Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's – That alone, it's worth it. That alone, it's worth the price it. Of admission. It was worth everybody showing up on that set and making that movie. Pretty beautiful movie. I mean, pretty beautiful moment, I should say. <laughs> yeah. The movie, Question you don't know mark, yet. don't know. I really am curious about your reaction. Me too. But yeah. you know, I, when other people tell me what to think, I just think it. And they already have. Uh-huh. Okay. They already know. All right. So I've colored it. I've tainted um, it for That's a shame. I – oh, I want to do a shameless plug. You oh. mentioned Michelle Visage. Sure. Yes. Speaking of her, speaking of previous guests on Homophilia, uh-huh. Jeffrey Boyer Chapman. Uh-huh. See how I kind of glossed over his last name because I'm still not confident. No, you got it right. Boyer, Bauer, Bauer, Boyer, Boyer, Boyer. Um, 
I'm doing a little side project yeah. that I was doing right before you came in. Uh, it is on Stitcher. You guys have heard us in the ads. Uh, this is not an ad, but um, Stitcher is kind of the premium like sister network of Earwolf. Yeah. And I'm doing a show uh, tentatively titled Lost and Found where I interview other uh, entertainment uh, performer types uh-huh. who um, were also adopted. Yeah. And uh, – I think it's coming out in uh, soon ish. Uh-huh. Um and it's been uh it's been really fun. Anyway, I, I can't wait think to we're going to get Michelle Visage. Oh, I didn't realize she, she was, was adopted. adopted. Oh, wow. And we learned when when Jeffrey was here that he was adopted. Uh-huh. You saw Dana and I both um yeah. ears perked up. Yeah. And uh Lauren Weedman, Great. Leslie Grossman, oh, Isaac, the of all time. My dear friend Cuckoo. Oh, she's also um, and some other exciting people. So, you know, That's very that's very Exciting. Look, I'm, I am very much looking forward to listening to that. Is it yeah. weird to be in here without Dave Holmes? Yeah, well, it is. But listen, you got you, you to gotta do it, man. All the listeners are like, wait, so the the one, the best part of the show is not Shut up. You think I'm going to be up. fucking tuning in? Cut this out. It's Edit this true. out. true. Fucking around. I thought you were reaching for these dog treats. Yeah, I was going to throw a fucking <laughs> dog treat at you. No, um, disinfecting. What else is going on? Oh God! I think we've co- we talked diapers. Do you uh-huh. want to talk more diapers? I really don't. About I think I'm good on diaper phase, content. Yeah, uh, Vagine. No, I'm good. Um, you're going back to New York again? I am going back to New York again. I'm Why? gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna sit back at that Page Six TV desk. Wow. With with Bevy Smith, with Carlos Greer, with Elizabeth Wagmeister. Who knows what we'll talk about? Is this going to be an ongoing gig, or are we going to continue? We're to not sure. Or? I don't know. I don't know. I don't like it one bit. Well, I feel threatened by these page six motherfuckers. Listen, I support them. Believe me. I oh, mean, of course, you don't want to. You don't want to be on their bad side. Oh God, no, 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 no. Jeez, Louise. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Stay tuned. Maybe. Mm. I don't want to talk about it. Let's let's take okay. a break and come okay, back okay. with our guest. Oh, Matt, I love to travel. That's trouble. You've been doing it a lot. You know that's right. I love it. It's uh, it broadens your mind. It uh, it, it gets you laid sometimes. Gets you laid sometimes. Maybe you'll run into Andy Cohen in the West Village you if you're just bump, Dave Holmes. You might just bump into to Waka the the Beagle. Yeah. Uh, well, here's the deal. You frequently have to visit a ton of different sites to get yourself like a really good price on a hotel. Right. That kind of thing. Nope. Those days are over. <gasps> Tripping.com is one place, one service. Let's you compare every home from the world's top vacation rental sites in one place to find yourself the best deal on your perfect vacation rental. That means more privacy, more space for everyone under one roof, more choices, fully stocked kitchens, extra bedrooms, hot tubs. What? All the comfort of home and then some. And best of all, at Tripping.com, you can join the millions of travelers who find savings with rates up to 80% less than traditional hotel rooms. So if you're planning on doing uh, spring break on the beach in Florida, Tripping.com. Yes. Want to swim in Lake Tahoe this yes. summer? Tripping.com. Yes. Hey, what about if you want to be in the Smoky Mountains in a cabin of some kind or maybe some sort of a shack or an A-frame? Yes. And there's like, and you're like, oh, I want to I want to look at a, a trees on yeah, a deck. Yeah, yeah, I want that. Tripping.com. Oh, my God. This year, save time and money when you book the vacation home of your dreams with tripping.com slash homo. That's T-R-I-P-P-I-N-G dot com slash homo. Find F- your perfect vacation rental. That's what I was going to say. Oh, Tripping.com slash homo. Oh, my God. Well, I'm about to have a little dinner party. Uh, I have guests in from out of town. Culture editor of Esquire.com, Tyler Coates, is staying in my guest room. Oh, my God. With his boyfriend. We're going to have a little, uh, we're going to maybe uh, cook him dinner. How are you going to do it? Well, I'll tell you how. 
with Juul sous vide because every home cook, like me, mm-hmm. can create chef-level dishes thanks to precise temperature control. Uh, it's sous vide. It makes sure that your food will never overcook, will never undercook. So you can focus on your guests. You can whip up some incredible sides, yeah. uh, some fun little appetizers, some mini quiche, uh, some toasted ravioli, a St. Louis mm. delicacy. Mm. Um, there's an app with more than 100 recipes uh, and video. So you can you can cook pretty much every protein from meat to poultry to fish to eggs, desserts, veggies, plenty more. And if your guests are running late, if they're rude, if your apps and cocktails are taking you longer than you uh, were expecting, not a problem. Not oh. a problem at all. It's no sweat for Jewel. It's ready when you are. Your food will not overcook. Jewel, perfect food every time. Hey, by the way, the true story, my mom bought one. No. Paid full price. Doesn't, d- what? Didn't know that they were a uh, sponsor of the show and oh. that she could have visited chefsteps.com slash Jewel, used the code homophilia to get $15 off for a limited time only. Damn it, mom. That's chefsteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E, code homophilia. We are back with Jeffrey Bowyer Chapman. Yeah. Just did a, a tutorial on how to pronounce your last name. Yep. Shouldn't be that hard. You know, I mean, I feel like it can just be uh, read so many ways. I feel like the, it's B-O-W-Y-E-R, so it's the W that really throws people off. It's like it's like Bowyer, Bowyer, Bowyer. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I just mean, said to you, it's, a, it's an old English name of a dude who used to make bows for bows and arrows. So uh-huh. it's a Bowyer. There you go. <laughs> yeah. What kind of archer are you? Have you, uh, have you gotten out? I've never tried. I mean, no? I love the Hunger Games, but that's sure. as far as like, I've gone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that's not nothing. No. <laughs> yeah. What else are you you loving right now? You, you are on a show that yeah. a lot of our guests are obsessed with. Mm-hmm. What shows are you obsessed with? Ooh, I mean, RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, All Stars 3 is airing right now. Uh, Which you were also on. Which I was also on. Uh Yes, I had the blessing of of returning as a guest judge on that show and competing in a challenge. Just a dream come true. Uh Um, Obviously, season 10 of Drag Race, which starts March 22nd. I'm so excited about. Are you going to be popping up in there, too? I am not in season 10. But, you know, maybe you'll come back in in future seasons. Maybe season 11, it'll be featuring another episode with me. That's exciting. Um, What else am I watching right now? To be honest with you, I don't watch a lot of television. Um, I did binge uh, The Handmaid's Tale oh. uh, a few months ago and loved every minute of it. Um, She's Gotta Have It, uh, the new Spike Lee oh, joint yeah, yeah. on um, on Netflix was brilliant. And that's that's pretty much it. I did watch all of the uh, like uh, uh, Oscar-nominated films. So I was, I was on like a film binging tour for a while there. But to be honest with you, I just read a lot and listen to a lot of podcasts. Oh, all right. Well, what podcast? Yeah. Other than this one. Other than this one. I was just listening to the Trixie Mattel episode on the ah, right here. It was so nice. funny. I love her. Because you have a personal best. connection, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I love Trixie. She's sure. hilarious. Your dear, dear colleague. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I do want to talk about your appearance on Drag Race. Sure. By the time this airs, we'll be like so far behind. But um, what what was that experience like for you? Ooh, what a broad question. I what know. was that experience <laughs> like for me? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, to to sum it up, it's like just the biggest dream come true to get the call saying, can you come play on RuPaul's Drag Race? Because I am a super fan. I love the show. I've watched every season. I know every queen. So I'm just like all y'all sitting at home on my television or sitting at home on my couch, like screaming at the television, um, just like wanting to kiki and laugh with these yeah. queens. So it's like just the real life version of that. I just am sitting, instead of sitting on my couch at home, uh, giving my two cents and sitting on the panel with Rue and Michelle and Ross and yeah. uh, whatever guest judges there, but I love it. And then to have the, the chance to do the, the improv challenge with the queens, I mean, was 
extraordinary. They are all so talented. I say it again and again, but I think it's the best show on television. It's not only the best reality show on television, but these girls are so insanely talented. They are actors, comedians, uh, seamstresses, makeup artists, hairstylists, everything and anything in between. They're just, it's like all of the best elements of every mediocre reality show wrapped into make just like this brilliant piece of gold. Yeah. I love it. What are the runway uh, segments like? Like, do they? How? Oh, like, good what kind of timetable do they run on? Uh, it's, it's, it, you really only get to see like a fragment of uh, what is actually filmed. Um, yeah. So we're there on the panel for like eight hours. Holy cow! Maybe a little bit longer, depending on how many girls are still there. Oh. Wow. Um, but uh, so you sit up on the on the panel. Um, uh, the first time that the audience sees Rue come out. Um, with her cover girl yep. uh, is the first time we're seeing Rue as well in full really? glamazon drag. So she comes down the runway and we uh, do our little intros with her on the panel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the girls come out and do their runway looks twice in a row. So once with music playing um, that they're strutting down the runway to. And that's where you make all of your little notes and get all of your little funny little sound bites. Yeah. Uh, and then they walk down again once without music. And then that's when you do your commentary. Um, and they, they do a silent runway walk mm-hmm. so you can do com- – Yeah. <laughs> so awkward. Yeah. How, how can you tell that I'm on Unreal? I'm like just like the king of like peeling back the veils of illusion. Sorry, guys. Like dismantling the illusion of reality television. Sorry. Wow. No. no yeah. <laughs> what we want. Yeah. Uh, so then – and then the girls come uh, back out again. You give your commentary and then they uh, – we deliberate and um, uh, do like one-on-one uh, chatting with the girls as they're standing up on stage in – heels and full drag for like hours and hours wow. so i give it up to lights. these girls under you know it's it's not it's actually freezing cold in the studio okay, which is good. which is so nice just oh, keep wow. the keep the makeup nice and crisp yeah yeah uh-huh. and on points um and uh then you're sitting and talking to the girls for like five or ten minutes and just give giving your commentary and what worked and what didn't work what worked in the challenge what worked on the runway um and then you break for lunch mm-hmm. um and i guess on uh all stars it's when the girls go backstage and and deliberate themselves and, yeah, yeah. and figure out um who's gonna stay who's gonna go um and then we come back after a little meeting with the producers and watch the girls do their do their thing with their with their lip lip syncing for their legacies yes. uh yeah. and then we and then it's the end of the day do they do that once or twice the lip sync they do they lip sync they do once but they do a sound check prior to the girls coming out and doing it uh-huh. with like a PA it's like they have. Oh, they usually have wow. like two PAs or two crew members getting up there and doing it, and it is amazing, amazing. That's, because these, that's so good. they give it. They give it. It's incredible watching these these crew members just like get that life yes. on that on that main stage. Oh man, um, this is what I want, wanted to ask you in the the um, the improv uh, game that you did with them. In the hot tub, specifically, I th- I'm just asking because I think a lot of our listeners want to know what specifically your workout routine is <laughs> and your diet. We chatted about kombucha before. You're drinking yeah. green juice, but I'd like to go a little deeper on that. You're so funny. Well, that's ve- thank you. I'm, that's very that's very sweet of you. Um, I you know I'm I was a, as a kid I was a gymnast and I uh, trained as a gymnast for years and years. So I feel like I just like kind of got that muscle memory in my body, and I didn't really have to do a lot throughout my teens and twenties for working out. Um, uh, I modeled for years and years, so I feel like I had to be really conscious of what I was putting into my body and what I was, um, uh, you know, uh, the type of exercise that I was doing. It was all just really just like uh, yoga and running and Pilates and things just to keep you long and lean and. I'm really not that conscious of it. I haven't been modeling for the past like five or six years. 
Um, and it's 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 been really nice to have a break away from like obsessively having to be you know uh, your entire life becomes about yeah, yeah, yeah. maintaining yourself essentially. So now I just like do what feels right and what feels good for me. Okay. I li- I live in West Hollywood, so I go and hike Runyon Canyon. I eat mostly vegan. I drink a ton of water. I drink a lot of green juices, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then just like plyometric stuff, just like planks, push ups, sit ups, squats. Okay. Yeah, just really simple, really simplicity. Okay. And then living in New York, so I live uh, go back and forth between New York and LA. So you just walk everywhere. Right. Yeah. Just like you know, just like uh, uh, putting out more energy than you're putting into your body. I guess is the trick. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah. But the real secret is have been a gymnast in your youth. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Like con- Constant Zimmer. Constant Zimmer, my co-star on Unreal, who was also on the last episode of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars with yeah. me, also trained as a gym- as a gymnast as a kid. That woman does not work out a day in her life, wow. and she yeah. is ripped. Her arms and her abs are just so impressive. I. Th- it's those of us who spent their childhoods eating Doritos. Yeah. That mm-hmm. are now conscious of it that they have to stay on top of it. Yeah, stay fit, you know? kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get, get yourself on a pommel horse. Yeah, exactly. So, what the, what podcast do you listen to? Uh, Still processing from the New York Times oh, is one sure. of my favorite favorite podcasts with uh, Jenna Wortham and Wesley Tatum are the two hosts of that. The Read. Oh yeah, with Kevin oh, Fury and Crystal West. I love so much. Oh. Um, Janet Mock's podcast Never Before is one that I love. RuPaul's podcast What's the Tea, and it's actually the producers of my podcast Conversations with others yes. uh, that does What's the Tea. Um, what else do I listen to? Um, Oprah's Super Soul Conversations, um, uh, Query, which is uh, by Cameron Esposito, yeah. which yeah. is a part of this network, here this home, this family. family. Yeah. Um, but to be totally honest with you, it's like the read and uh, still processing are my my, my, my tied number ones. Wow. Yeah. What, what about you guys? What did we do before podcasts? I really don't know. Like it, there was a time when yeah. you just couldn't – like now everybody can kind of – everybody's got an equal shot at people's ears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. You can grab a microphone. You can talk about what you want to talk about and there will be a group of people who listen to it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, and there aren't development people involved usually. And there aren't – you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. Like the point of entry is pretty easy. It's really easy. Yeah. It's really easy. I mean what so I did crucial. was listen to the radio. Listen to KCRW sure. religiously. Yeah, I haven't right. listened to it in years yeah, now. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I did listen, used to listen to KCRW, HayHouseRadio.com, like online Ooh. streaming services, or yeah. I guess things that I, you know, my my uh, go to is before the world of podcasting. Yeah. Hay House as in Louise Hay. Louise Hay. Yeah, it's like so. It's all about like spirituality, um, self awareness, meditation, yeah. eating well. Um, yeah. Are you a meditator? Yeah, I'm pretty hippy dippy. Please, let's yeah. get into it. Yeah, yeah. What's your, like, practice, or can you tell us? Uh, well, yeah, of course. Um, no, it's a secret. Um, <laughs> if you're doing TM, I know you can't share Oh, right, you can't, sh- you can't share your mantra. That's right, which is really funny. I, yeah, I will tell this. Uh, uh, one of my co-stars on Unreal, Shiri Appleby, uh, practices TM, and I was practicing for about the first year uh, or leading up to shooting Unreal. Um, and then I stopped upon meeting her. And she was like, why did you stop? And I was like, because my mantra has your name in it. It was Shiring, S-H-I-R-I-N-G. So every oh, time wow. you repeat the mantra, all I could think of was Shiri. So it's like, I got to find something else. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you ever think that maybe that's what brought you to her? Maybe. Manifestation. Yeah. But maybe. now you've got the job so you can move on. To yeah, exactly. Mantra. Exactly. Um, no, I've been practicing Nichiren Buddhism for the past 
seven years or so, seven or eight years when I first moved to New York is when I first started practicing that. And that's like the practice of um, sitting in, in silent meditation um, and then also chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a really beautiful practice for me. For me, it's like the Buddhists believe that chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo, the vibrational frequency that you emit, it matches the vibrational frequency of the universe, of all oh, wow. that flows through the universe. So when you are uh, chanting that yourself, you are just matching yourself and bringing yourself into the flow of all that is. And it just helps me feel more grounded and um yeah and just alive really but uh, everything i mean i listen you know i listen to guided meditations insight is an amazing app that i yeah, that i yeah, use yeah. and listen to hey how's meditations i'll just search different podcasts and find different guided meditations wow. but every day i feel like it's something that i have to utilize every day otherwise i just don't quite feel like myself and is this the same uh, Tina Turner branch of Buddhism? <laughs> yeah. Justin Simeon practice. Do you know Justin Simeon? Uh, is he a, he's a singer or a DJ or something? Uh, he, oh, no, is, or is he, a- uh, he created Dear White People, and he was oh, on uh, right. the show. And right, right, right. He yes. is. He practices whatever that. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes. Nichiren Buddhism. It is the, the Tina Turner. It is oh. the Tina Turner sect of Buddhism. So yeah, you guys I feel are like probably came- seeing each other at the meetings. Maybe. Meetings yeah, yeah. It came to po- it came to popularity from the film where Angela Bassett played her. Uh, What's love got to do? with it yes yeah i mean it's a beautiful practice but you know uh, what i the reason I, I i consider it a practice like not a religion i practice it like i practice yoga or like yeah. i practice anything um uh i really dabble i really find like uh, little bits and pieces from different meditation practices that work for me and kind of compile that into something that's that's personal and authentic Wow. And especially now, we need to do those things. Mm-hmm. Like we really need – self-care needs to be a much higher priority Absolutely. these days. I, I don't know. I personally feel war- like wrung out at the end of yeah. a day. Do you have a practice? I don't. No? No. I should. But you've dab- you, I, you're, you're, you're popping into the den for a sure. meditation class yeah. here and there. Here and there. But that's the problem. It's oh, here have and you there. Gone? I've never gone there. Yeah, that's right next right to my, my yoga place. studio. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, one in Studio City now. And okay. I, I have gone – but it's, it needs to be more than here or there. Yes. You know what I mean? It like re- you got to actually it really do it. Yeah, spirituality is a daily practice. That's right. For sure. It's like just tending to your mind more than anything. Yeah. But if you ignore that, then I feel like everything else kind of falters. Here's my problem. I go and then I'm like, well, I'm not serene yet, so right. fuck it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like I want to be caught up immediately. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. work that way, obviously. No. No. I, I'm, I'm pretty good about doing like a f- five minutes a day, which is usually just spent sort of like – compiling a, a like a list of to-dos in my head but at least I'm like okay well I did it's better than nothing but I do always think of this one interview where I heard Claire Dane say she tried it wasn't for her never went back and I'm always like well it's, you know Claire Dane seems pretty she's yeah. she's pretty good maybe yeah. I don't need this but her job also requires her to like play a bipolar schizophrenic so. yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah, right. she, she has an outlet yeah. for those negative emotions <laughs> right now. and I, do, I have this yeah and sometimes I do act like a bipolar schizophrenic <laughs> yeah. in this show sometimes <laughs> sometimes it's easier than others but for me it's like just always reminding myself to come back to the breath when my mind yeah. always goes off when I'm meditating and I always start thinking within you know five or ten seconds but when the gaps get larger and larger that's when you know that you're like building that muscle. But it's just yeah. always go back to the breath. Just breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out. Just re- like literally re- repeating that in my mind will just ground me and will drown out all of the other thoughts. Yeah. Uh, and just for the listener, Jeffrey is levitating right now. Yeah. <laughs> and you probably are too. With it's very Michael yeah, yeah, yeah. Jackson, Deepak Chopra. <laughs> <No. laughs> right, do you ever go to the Marianne Williamson talks in New York? I, ha- I haven't, but I love her. And I love uh, – there's a couple of books that she's uh, written that I'm obsessed with. Um, a Return to Love being mm-hmm. my number one. I love so much. I think she's brilliant. She ran for uh, for like for, 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 Congress. for Congress in yeah. California a couple yeah. of years ago. I think we need someone like her in a position of power. I do too. Yeah. Have you seen her live? 
Have oh, you yeah, seen yeah. Speak? I used to go like yeah. every week, religiously, some yeah. might say. <laughs> but she's in New York now. and But you can still stream her talks. Yeah. Uh, I love hearing her. I mean, she is a, she is a, a badass. Yeah. And, and she was a huge AIDS activist in the yes. 80s. She founded Project Angel Food. Yes. I mean, she's amazing. Everybody should – Check out her uh, her yeah her teachings online. come from uh, uh, a course in miracles yeah which is yeah which is just I mean it's very it's very complex but she just kind of she it's kind of her uh, teachings are kind of like the Cliff's Notes version of it and it right. really breaks it down for you and makes it very accessible. Are you familiar with this course in miracles? Yeah, I mean, but I, only just only, yeah same. And the funny thing is, like, I have listened, I followed Marianne for years. And the, and her whole thing, it, you know, it's it's sort of like the you know the Christian equivalent would be I'm just a preacher, but the Bible is actually the source, and so that's you know. It, the, but the story behind A Course in Miracles, the listeners are like, "What the fuck are we talking about?" Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. The story behind A Course in Miracles has always is so kooky. Do you know about? I mean, it, I don't. it, it is the the woman who wrote it, um, Helen. I forget her. She was a psychotherapist, and then she started having visions where she said that. Jesus was speaking to her, and so she had her um, gay best friend who I believe she was in love with and had been rejected by, and so they had this very fraught friendship, but she had him start dictating the the, the lessons that she was getting from Jesus. Wow. So she'd be like on the subway and be like, oh, God, he's talking to me, and, she, and, um, and so that – and the results of that is this book. And, like, Jesus seemed to be okay with the fact that it was a gay man dictating it. Well, so. sure, as he would be, of course, <laughs> by the way. Just but FYI, Jesus was cool. Yes, yes. I mean, 100%. The coolest. And also black, probably. But yes, anyway. absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's a pretty kooky backstory. that I've So that's always kind of kept me from diving. Yeah, you deep. know, to each their own. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, well, listeners. It's an audio book. Yeah. I'll <laughs> her to check out. Our, um, Have you talked about spirituality on the show a lot? I a mean, little. Yeah, here and there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, 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 you know, it's 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 something I'm interested. By the way, the Den has a class we should go to. I don't know if they still have it. It's literally called Medigation. Oh, interesting. No. It's taught by a gay guy. Sure. I think Dana's Googling as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> um, we should definitely, we should do, maybe we should do a live show. Yeah, from class. class. It's a very quiet live show. (laughs) (laughs) I'm into it. We're going to take a break. Yes. When we come back, we're going to dive into the love life of one Jeffrey Boyer Chapman. Yes. Raised by TV. Raised by TV, Matt. I love it. It's, it's that, Lauren Lapkus. Yeah. It's John Gabris. I thought it was the name of your uh, one-man show. Nope. It is the name of a rad podcast. Uh, Lauren and John watched a lot of TV growing up, a lot, lot, lot of TV. Yeah. Uh, their minds have been hopelessly warped by television, as has mine. Now they have come together to indulge their shared obsession. This is the show where John and Lauren revisit their best and worst TV of the late 80s, early 90s, everything from game shows, TGIF, Oprah, serial commercials. Go to stitcherpremium.com slash raised by TV and use the promo code homophilia. You get yourself a free month of Stitcher Premium. Stitcherpremium.com slash raised by TV. Use the promo code homophilia. We love you. Folks, we're back. 
with Jeffrey Boyer Chapman. Hi. We can finally ask you about a piece of jewelry you've, that you're wearing that I've oh, wanted yeah. to ask you about since you walked in. That's <laughs> uh-huh. on your ring finger on your left hand. People on my fourth finger left hand. People ask me about this all the time. And what do you say? That it's a clotta ring that was given to me by my mother oh. about uh, over 10 years ago. She bought one for myself and my three sisters. Um, so it's traditionally an Irish wedding ring. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, uh, two hands holding a heart with a crown on top of it and the thank you the uh, hands uh, symbolize friendship the heart symbolizes love and the crown symbolizes loyalty so you wear it with the heart pointing towards you if your heart is taken and you heart uh, wear it with the other direction if your heart is open and it it truly is the only which way uh, my heart is taken it's I'm wearing it with the heart pointing towards me and it truly is the only finger that it fits on so that's why I wear it on that finger specifically Um, but people ask about it obviously because I'm uh, you know my partner is Irish is from oh, wow. is from Dublin, so they just naturally assume that we are married or engaged. We're not. Married it worked out very nicely. That yeah, it's on that finger. I manifested it. I manifested his wow. his his gorgeous little Irish ass. Oh come on! <laughs> How long have you been with this gorgeous Irish man? Uh, for about three years. Nice. Oh, wow. yeah. How did we meet? Uh, we met through – I was actually just talking about this on the last episode of my podcast uh, uh, with Janet Mock. We were talking about how she's my fairy goddess mother. Oh, wow. uh, so it's kind of her and Oprah that brought uh, uh, Andrew, who was my partner, he and I together. I was at home in Brooklyn one day a few years ago uh, on a Sunday watching Oprah's Super Soul Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I saw this gorgeous black woman sitting with Oprah under the oak trees. And I was like, who the hell is this? And I clicked on it and watched it. And it was Janet Mock there uh, promoting her first memoir – Redefining realness. Yep. I fell in love with her and the conversation, and went out and bought the book that day, and devoured it in a day and a half. And mm-hmm. uh, tweeted her and said, or I just tweeted, I tweeted, everybody read this book. Janet Mock is brilliant. This will change your whole perspective on the spectrum of gender. Um, and she tweeted me back immediately and said, thanks for the support. And just so happened to be with uh, her best friend at that time, Andrew, um, and showed wow. showed him her phone. I was like, check out this brother. And he was like, oh, okay, yeah, it's just like it's some dude on Twitter, but yeah. he's cute, but he's just like a dude on Twitter. Um, And then about a month later, my uh, modeling agency at the time, I was still modeling, posted a photo of me on their Instagram and Andrew follows them and and saw me again. It was like, oh, that's that dude that Janet pointed out to me on Twitter. So he, he, he reached out to me over Instagram and sent me, sent me a direct message asking me out for dinner. I was like, who is this cute dude in my inbox? And I get a lot of messages on, you know, as I'm sure we all do in our, in our inboxes from strangers, but I just happened to click on his page and saw that uh, pictures of him with Janet. And he like, he's so handsome and he mean mugs and like his selfie pictures all the time. But every shot he was in with Janet, he was smiling so bright and he was just so cute. And I was like, okay, I'll give this dude a shot. Come on. Yeah. We went on a date a few days later. And Which, where? Where did we go? We were in the uh, East Village at a wine bar called Maiden Lane on, oh. I think it's on uh, like Avenue B and 7th Street or 8th Street. That's my old Cute. corner. Really? It's right yes. near, yeah, it's right near Tompkins Square Park. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so we went for went for a bottle of wine there, and then went over to uh, the little speakeasy lovers of today. Uh huh. Do you know that? It's, no, no. It's everything's right. changed. Yeah, since yeah. I know nothing about New York anymore. <laughs> On the other side of Tompkins Square Park in the East Village, uh-huh. um, and then uh, yeah, then walked him back to his to his apartment and and uh, hugged goodbye, and then I got in an Uber on my way back to my my apartment in Brooklyn and got a. Text message from him saying, uh, I had such a lovely evening with you. Can I take you out for dinner again tomorrow night? I was tomorrow like, night? I was like, oh, tomorrow night? All right. 
this dude, he, he, when he when he sees something he likes, he goes for it full, wow. for, full force. So, yeah, so I went out for dinner with him again the next night, and it's been three years since. I love yeah. that. Do you live together? We do, yep. Okay. Yep, so he had a place in the East Village. I had a place in Brooklyn. He moved in with me into my place in Brooklyn um, while I was filming the second season of Unreal, um, which shoots in Vancouver. So I was gone, and he would uh, he just wanted to be in my space while I was gone. So when I came back, we were officially living together. Yeah. And I was like, okay, and it seemed to be working, and we, uh-huh. we stayed in that place for a few more months um, and then made the move at, together out to Los Angeles wow. about uh, about a year and a half ago. And, yeah, we have a great house here in West Hollywood, and we love it. That's great. Wow. Yeah. And so <laughs> are there any plans to add another ring to your collection? No, do- no. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's something that is uh, – we're very open to discussion around the, the, the subject of marriage. Um, it's not really something for either of us right now um, at this very point in time. Um, maybe things will change as years go on, but yeah. uh, we are fully committed to each other. We love each other. We love what we have going on. But I don't think either of us have really strong examples of like marriage success stories around us that we can look to and be like, oh, that's like that's I could definitely see myself modeling my yeah, yeah. my ideal relationship after that. We just we are kind of in a position where um, we see um, ideals and benefits in different uh, uh, dynamics and people's different types of relationships that they've got going on, and we're kind of trying to like to put the pieces of the puzzle together to create our own little coupling masterpiece. <laughs> wow. Love it. So, Blazing uh, trails. You know, we gotta. gotta so you got know. Unreal while you were together. No, I, I had, no. Uh, uh, I, I think it was like the first season of Unreal was airing oh, gotcha. when we met. Yeah. So you did, I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes and mm-hmm. I, I would have loved to have had a couple of years of just be, you know, milking the fact that I was on Unreal and, you know, sledding uh-huh. around the town. Yeah. <laughs> but you didn't have that experience. No, it's you're doing before. Your so oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, it's real. It's re- that's really not me, to be totally honest yeah. with you. Um, I really liked the, f- I mean, when I, before I met Andrew and before Unreal, when I was working on other shows or when I was modeling, I wouldn't, when I was dating, I wouldn't tell guys that I was an actor, that I was a model. I would lie. I would straight up lie and be like, I'm a social worker. I'm a school teacher. Mm-hmm. I'm a, you know, I'm I'm an undergrad right now. I'm a student. Like, I just, mm-hmm. I didn't want um, the appeal or the attraction to be based upon what I do for a living because, yeah. to be totally honest with you, what I do for a living doesn't really mean, it's not, it's, it's not that it doesn't mean that much to me. It's just not all of who I am by right, any right. means, you know? Like, I mean, I wake up every day and I'm Jeffrey. I don't wake up as like, and I'm like, I'm an actor. I'm a model. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it just, I have a very cool job and it's what I do, but I, pr- I really try to leave work at work. Um, But yeah, so when, so when Andrew and I first met, he is, he works in the industry as well, but on the other side of the camera. So he's a celebrity hairstylist. He does the Kardashians. Um, So. A lot of questions that I'd like to talk about. Um, So it was, uh, it was, it was great because I was with somebody who was in the industry. We could understand what the other person did, but it was by no means competitive right. or weird because we weren't both vying for the same jobs. We weren't birth, won't birth. We weren't both acting, or we weren't we weren't both um, uh, doing celebrities' hair. So, right. um, so it was just it was a very seamless fit, um, and we both. It was very much like 
the, the beginning of a new chapter of both of our careers. Like I had been working as a model for years and had been working on a couple of different TV shows, but it wasn't until um, Unreal that people really started to pay attention. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was uh, at that time where my um, uh, where I was uh, starting to become uh, 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 more recognizable within the entertainment industry, as was he. He was uh, working with a lot of models and doing a lot of fashion uh, uh, right up until the point that we met. Um, and uh, yeah, it was right when we met that he started doing – Kendall and Chloe and Courtney and Kylie and all of those girls. So it was really – we really like built our careers. They both started to like build and grow and blow up together at the same time. Um, I don't want to derail the conversation, but I have a lot of questions about his work. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not really – I mean, but uh, what – does he – I mean, look, what can you say? Um, is he happy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's happy. They're, he, um, They're good to him. They're good to him. Yeah, they're really they're they're all good to him. They, he has nothing bad to say about any of them. He goes to work happy every day and comes home happy every day. Um, I mean, I to be completely honest with you, it's not something that we really talk about a yeah. lot, which is great. I and mean, once it, once again, like I said, we really try to leave work at work and and be yeah. ourselves in in every other aspect of our lives. But yeah, I mean, they pay well. They are kind to him. He um, gets to travel the world with them. Um, It's opened the doors to many, many other opportunities for him. Of course. And yeah, I mean, he's, he's just more than anything. It's not, uh, it's really cool that he worked with the Kardashians. But for me looking at him, it's just like a testament to how fucking good he is at his job. That if he is finished product is Amazing. He's, I mean, yeah. actually flawless. Flawless. he's yeah. really, really good. He's really talented. And he's like basically self-taught. He started he's from Dublin, Ireland. He started when he was 13 years old doing hair at a salon. And he um, moved to Paris when he was 16, then moved to New York when he was like 19, and has really just hustled and um, has an amazing work ethic and is just so brilliantly creative. I think he's such a genius, not only with um his the actual physical job of doing hair, but he's like a marketing genius and a yeah. branding genius and a styling genius, and he's re- he's just really he's so smart. He doesn't just look at like one aspect; he looks at the whole picture and polishes all and polishes it all. He's just he's fantastic. And Caitlin, no, uh, he does not work with Caitlin. No, no. he no. will not work with Caitlin. No. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm I didn't, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, we will be booking him for a future interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask more yeah. We'll, we'll need his yeah. avails. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, what? What? Uh, at what age did you start dating? Ooh, I didn't start dating until I was. 18 or 19, I grew up in a really small town. I was adopted as a baby, grew up in a really, really small town, a farm town in the middle of nowhere, Canada, where I was the only, like, identifiably gay person or queer person around me. So, um, and I was the only person of color. So, uh, you know, I was, I couldn't, I didn't blend in. I couldn't hide anywhere. So even if I wanted to, like, like play certain uh, qualities of my character down, I couldn't because I stood out just based on the fact that I was uh, of color. Um, so people could, you know, like in a sea of white folks, see this one little brown kid and be like, oh, that ki- oh, that kid's queer. That kid's a little – he's a little sissy. Mm-hmm. Um, so people were telling me that I was gay before I had ever even considered it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't – you know, I started modeling when I was 16 um, because I had – and so I was slowly but surely immersing myself around queer culture. But I, it was so foreign to me um, that I – was really uh, like tentative. I was re- right. I really kind of just like dipped my toes in the water, and um, I was really shy and really naive. So um, it wasn't until I was eighteen or nineteen that I that I had my first boyfriend. Okay. Yeah. And where where how did that 
come together? Uh, that was when I was living in Vancouver. Um, I moved there when I was 18 years old and uh, kind of just ended up there, honestly, was uh, like subletting a friend's apartment for a month and then just never left. Um, and uh, we met we met through friends at a, cl- a gay club in Vancouver called Celebrities. <laughs> um, yeah, and he was uh, uh, this guy uh, who was my age who uh, lived part-time in Vancouver and part-time in London and he was only in Vancouver for like another three weeks or something and then was gone to London for six months. We had this like torrid love affair for those three weeks and fell deeply in love and then um, he went back to London and I remember spending uh, like uh, like every morning at 5 a.m. he would call me on my cell phone or I would call him on my cell phone uh, because of the time difference and we would talk for hours and I remember uh, like my phone bill was more expensive than my rent. Um, And uh, yeah, that was my that was my that was my first boyfriend and then he came back to he came back to Vancouver and we were we only uh, uh, were together for maybe a couple more months but yeah yeah you needed some distance on that one I guess so it was just yeah. it was it was the first it was the first big one there was a lot of lessons learned in that and I really had to like break down my own walls of insecurity and my own naivete and um, um, really just learn how to be in a relationship and not even how to like be a partner but like how uh, how I was going to operate and how I was going to identify in a relationship and finding comfort in my own sexuality and finding comfort in um, just just partnership and uh, uh, you know uh, after being told for so many years as so many queer kids are that who you are at your core yeah. um should be shamed or should be punished or, you know, so I had to like undo a lot of the conditioning that was done in my own brain of like a public displays of affection, walking down the street, holding hands, like things like that, like realizing that I was no longer in a geographical place where I was going to be under like physical threats for being myself, yeah. having to undo a lot of that. It's yeah, it, it took its toll. It took its toll in the relationship, but and so then did you have uh, like a stretch of being being single and kind of dating around? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I would go. I was traveling for so many years as a model that I was like, yeah. kind of just like in like in this city or this country for a month or two at a time, and then that city or country for a month or two at a time. So I didn't really have any like um, uh, groundedness. I didn't really have uh, like uh, a landing pad. I was just kind of like a citizen of the world for a couple of years, and then um, I was just so focused. I was really, really so focused on uh, career. And on uh, bettering myself from the inside out, that mm-hmm. relationship was was the was kind of the last thing on my list of priorities. Um, yeah, it wasn't until I moved to I would date on and off throughout my throughout my early twenties, but I moved to New York when I was twenty five, and that's when I really started to um, know myself and accept the things about myself that um, that I uh, perceived as flaws for so many years and started embracing those things, started embracing, embracing my queerness and my otherness and my blackness and all of those uh, uh, those isms, those qualities about me that the world may look at and say, ooh, you are – um, you're you're different and not uh, not the same as the rest of us. So I just yeah. I felt very othered for all for, for all of the like the intersections of me that made me me, um, and sort of embracing those things and and in embracing those qualities of myself, I found other like-minded individuals and other people who were like me who uh, I found reflections of myself. Um, Instead of looking for uh, approval or validation from outside sources, I looked for like that interconnectedness, that like that through line between me and other human beings, yeah. that, that those those commonalities. 
And that was that's when I that's when I started finding um, relationships that were the most impactful and ch- and changed me the most um, in a positive way from the inside. Wow. Yeah. And I, I've read you say in interviews that when you started out uh, as an actor, that people encouraged you to try to pass, or, and that you you kind of resisted that. Like mm-hmm. that you really wanted to play queer characters. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. And I feel like that's like a very common narrative throughout the entertainment industry. I mean, ha- I mean, you can just see the proof is in the pudding. How many out actors are there? Yep. When you think of like, you know, the uh, the hundreds of actors, working actors that you could that you could think of that you could name. I mean, um, the majority of them identify as straight when that just simply is not the case. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's a uh, it, it was something that was uh, very much shoved down my throat from the time that I started acting. My team really encouraged me to play the game and to play straight. And, you know, you could look at you. You could be this, like, A-list leading action hero dude who gets all of the girls and makes all the money. And it's just not the life that I wanted. I never, ever wanted to put myself in a position where I would have to compromise my integrity um, uh, when I'm just being me. When I'm walking, I didn't ever want to have to worry about walking down the street holding my boyfriend's hand and, like, Mm -hmm. have a photographer take a picture and then put it in the tabloids and then say, oh, my God, Jeffrey Boyer Chapman's gay. You know, like it was just not something that I ever – it's not a position I wanted to put myself in. And I was blessed enough that um, I had examples of people who came before me, who blazed the trail before me. You could see – I could see like Ellen DeGeneres or Rupert Everett or whoever, these people who uh, were closeted at the beginning of their careers and then were outed and then their careers really suffered for it. Or not even just their careers but like um, their souls and their their personhood suffered from it. They really – like I, I couldn't imagine how hard that must have been for them when they – when the whole world all of a sudden was judging them and was, um, you know, not want, not willing to give them the same opportunities that they once had when they were identifying as straight. Like it just yeah. – it looked like – it just seemed like a path that was way too painful and one that I didn't want to go down. So I made the choice very early on to um, be an openly queer actor and to ideally play queer characters. And luckily enough for me, my first character that I, that I uh, played in a film was queer. So it was um, – it was just it was an affirmation that it was that my yeah. intentions were were uh, were align, aligning with my path. Yeah. Right. And people worry, I think, that they will be locked into queer queer characters. Mm-hmm. But increasingly, so what? Yeah, you know, right, so exactly. many different kinds of stories are being told now exactly. that even if you never play a straight person, that would, you would still have a wealth of characters to play. Absolutely. You know, it used yeah. to just be there was like. The gay friend who like walks through the back of the frame, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Right. And says something sassy and you never see him again. Right. Now we're actually – I mean it's slow but it's happening. We're getting there. It's getting there. I mean I've been acting for the past 10 or 12 years and the amount of content being written for gay uh, actors, gay artists and um, the amount of characters being written um, specifically for queer people, it's – obviously it's changing. It's becoming more and more – you know, I, I just hope that the content gets there as well. The quantity can be there, but I, I hope but, that yeah. we can start seeing more quality. And I think that will come from not only um, hiring and um, uh, 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 really supporting and promoting queer actors and artists to be themselves and on and off screen, but really um, bringing on queer people and um, uh, 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 people of color and women to work behind the scenes to create these stories in the first place. Yeah. Because if we're telling the story, from the same perspective of the straight white male who's sitting in his office writing it, then it's going to be the same quality of content. But there's a level of authenticity that can only come from the source. 
Right. By the way, I'd still like to see you as the guy your your old team envisioned you as the action the guy in the Absolutely. You know, so let's do that as like a queer character, exactly. right? Like I would love to play a queer superhero. I would love yes. to play a queer action star. Like I love these movies. I love um, you know, everything for, I mean, please, Black Panther. Ugh. Hello. I actually voiced the Black Panther on a cartoon for two seasons, and it was like my oh, dream wow. job. Wow. Um, uh, you know, but the movies and TV shows that inspired me to become an actor as a kid were those like actiony type shows or like those fantasy type movies. Everything from like Labyrinth and Batman Returns to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, um, I, I just I think that there are obviously now in 2018. Hopefully, we've come to a place where we can start inserting queer characters into these roles that are uh, typically written for. For, uh, for heteronormative standards. Yeah. It's about that time. Oh, it's about that time. Oh, my God. Jeffrey, this was such a delight. Yeah, yeah. it was great. Thanks for having me. Please. Come <laughs> back anytime. <laughs> Absolutely. The door is always open. Yes. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a queer out. <laughs> yeah. I took that from Cameron Esposito. Okay. That's all right. She's happy to share it. Sure. Absolutely. She's a generous and when girl. you're uh, when you're uh, when you're back to promote your uh, your gay superhero film. Absolutely. Please swing by. Any day now. Thanks guys. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Boyer. 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 Chapman. Chapman. He was so great. What a dream guest. I'm telling you, another one of those guests who just makes me feel serene and centered. Yeah. And and strong and powerful. A lot of like spiritual teachers coming through these doors unexpectedly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm beginning to feel uh, bad for being as much of a psychological wreck as I am. I'm going to have to start getting right, it together. Dave, no, no. come on. That's nice of you. Um, we'll get more into your mental illness next week on the show. You no, know that's right. But in the meantime, thank you, Jeffrey, for being here. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dana. Thank you, Colin. Uh, thank, thank you, Pinch Hitter Eric. Yes. And thank you, Ryan, and everybody at Earwolf. Mm-hmm. Ben thank Wise for the music. Yes. You there for the ears. And you, Matt McConkey. And you, Dave Holmes. See you next week. Bye. Great cooking, if you want to get right down to it, man. Yeah. Great cooking. Let's think about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Great cooking. What, what goes into great cooking? Well, everybody knows I'm not exactly a chef. But, I, but, but I you've am, eaten great food. I've eaten great food. You've had you've had great. Bites. I know that you know great food. You've had perfect bites. I'm looking at your lower back tattoo. You're yes. leaning forward a little bit, mm-hmm. and it says "part art, part science." That is correct. That is correct. Wow. That is a description both of great food and of my butt. <laughs> uh, Jules sous vide takes care of the science, cooking meat, fish, and poultry to perfection with precise temperature. Control. I guess Yum. that's why they say jewel perfect food every time. Yep. To get yours, learn from Matt's mom's mistakes. Mm. Go to chefsteps.com slash jewel. Use the code homophilia to get 15 bucks off. Why spend that extra 15 bucks? I know, mom. Go buy a compact disc. Jesus. Travis Tritt. <laughs> uh, Cheryl Crow. Two artists. Two artists so you can get uh, uh, t- t- live. That's right. Anyway, the go band to, live. Oh, you sure. get one. Of, you can get one of their discs. You could get the Verve pipe. You're naming all my entire collection. Sure, that's what I figured. Chefsteps.com/slash j o u l e code homophilia. 
I'm Cameron Esposito. And I'm Maria Butcher. And we are stoked to bring our long-running stand-up podcast, Put Your Hands Together, to Earwolf. Yay! <laughs> Every week we record PYHT live here at the UCB Theater in Los Angeles. Recently, we've had sets or chats from folks like Sarah Silverman and Hari Kondabolu. We've had Earwolf faves like Paul F. Tompkins, James Domian, Nicole Byer. It's the opportunity to be at a live stand-up show hosted by two wives in your ears wherever you live. You can listen or subscribe right now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Earwolf.com. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, Jazos. <laughs> Ruler of the Eighth Circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.